Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm Luke Velasca, joined, of course, by Tony Mulvey. It's been a it's been a break, folks. You haven't seen us here on stage. I know you've missed us here over the last few weeks, largely due to myself. But we are back, and we've got a fantastic episode lined up for you today. Uh, first off, Tony, probably the most important question you've ever been asked in your life. Um, how much did you miss me? A lot. It's yeah. been a while. I mean, what? We've done, what, one show since Arkansas? One show, uh, I think, so. uh, yeah, we haven't done a show in June. We yeah. haven't done a show in June, which is probably the, the best way to say it. So we've had a bit of a hiatus. Um, some traveling. I got to go to the Gartner Supply Chain Conference uh, during my travels. The entire team here thinks all I did is vacation for the last four weeks, and you know that may or may not be true. But the point is, is there's a, a lot of interesting things happening in the market since we last looked. Imports are down, yeah. well, soon to be as they hit the coast. Um, Reefer seen a little bit of love. Van, not so much. Flatbed, not so much either in recent weeks. But how you been, Tony? Uh, good. I mean. Hand busy. I mean, this market is ever changing, and yeah. it, it kind of keeps you on your toes. I mean, yeah. we've talked about, I've had to talk about the ocean, the rail, flatbed, what's going on in housing. Yeah. You got the hawkish Fed taking interest rates higher. Just a combination of things that are really leading to just not a great outlook why, in the summer. Why is hawkish considered a bad thing? Because like, I feel like that's a really like BA name when you're talking about something. We need, we need to talk about like the sloth fed or something or like the... Well, it's hawkish or dovish is the two terms. And dovish means like they're they're helping us? It's like they're just not doing a whole lot, they're right? They're just hawkish. Okay. And more like they're taking that action that needs to be taken to kind of sure. curb that, af- I guess, affirmative action as opposed sure. to... Dovish is kind of just, just everything's kind of all right, right? I mean, right. Dove's what? Bird of peace? I guess so. so. Maybe so. Well, that's good. So where, where do you have your eyes right now, Tony? You know, what are the areas that, that you're watching that you're, you're, you're curious to see where the needle moves? I mean, obviously the ocean, I think, is yeah. the big one. But, I mean, domestically, what are the impacts of what we saw on the ocean over the past month and a half? Mm-hmm. I mean, because really what we started talking about really didn't take hold until late May. And I mean, that's... Our viewers, they don't even know because we haven't even uh, shown them. We're going to have to show them here in a second. Why why don't we start here? So we're going to look at ocean imports here in a second. I'm going to tell you what we're talking about. Before we do... Let's, let's give ourselves a baseline. Let's give ourselves a benchmark where we are today. So we're going to look at truckload volume because it's been a couple of weeks since we've last looked at that. So let's throw this up here. Um, if, you're, if you're familiar, you, this chart should look familiar with you if you watch the show. If you're brand new, we'll break it down for you here. So the chart, uh, just look at the blue line for a minute. The blue line represents year-to-date truckload volume. So that's what's being tendered out as of this morning um, uh, or when I, um, yeah, as of this morning. And um, represents year-to-date volume. So we're definitely down a bit. That uh, orange line that you see there represents 2021 volume over the same period of time. So we're down approximately uh, 20% from where we were this time last year. Uh, quick, quick amount of math there on the screen for anybody who wants to, to wants to attempt. Um, those big dips or troughs that you see there, those are those are holidays, very normal. Um, so that those tends to appear outside of the trend. But for the most part, it looks like we hit our bottom there in uh, in late April. And we've come up a little bit, but not much of a recovery. It seems like maybe we have found a short-term floor. Yeah, I mean, the big key is you have to think about where we are in the year. Mm-hmm. And so that late April, I mean, that's or early April, right? It's the end of Q1, right into Q2. Q2 yeah. is typically a pretty strong time for freight. 
especially June. And yeah. what you see here, I mean, you see the dip for Memorial Day. But typically, I mean, look at where we were last year. We started this upward trend in volumes mm-hmm. right around the 15th. It really hasn't amounted to that much so far this year. a big uptick. Which is, that's the concerning part. And that's the part that I'm most concerned about is we should have seen some more positive movements. I mean, either on the rejection side or in the volumes. And it really didn't happen. And guess what? Rates didn't act the way that they typically would. No, they didn't. Yeah. No, they didn't. And and if 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 the tre- if the seasonal trend directionally continues, we may actually see a slight uh, uh, dip again after the Fourth of July. But I think the question is going to be: is is it more severe than the traditional seasonal dip? Yeah, I mean July and into August. I mean that's really the slow time. I mean right. it's kind of this doldrums of summer, right? You think Memorial Day to July Fourth, really strong shipping season. After July Fourth, everything's been kind of put in place for, say, back-to-school, things like that. You're going to still see back-to-school. We're not saying that that's going away. But some of those movements have already happened. And is it going to be as strong as it's been in the past? Or, I mean, are we going to see what we saw last year where we saw that decline? And is it going to be more severe? I mean, my thoughts is probably uh, just because we haven't seen that influx here. And you're getting the consumer really starting... To slow, I mean, you see first quarter revisions of GDP, personal consumption expenditures, yeah. so consumer spending was revised down, and that was like one of the positive signs for that GDP print. Guess what? Each revision, it's gotten locked, yeah. knocked a little lower, so. Yeah, and it's important, too, to note, you know, when we're, when we're looking at this and we're looking at, you know, when's the potential recovery, um, and, and I think you made a good point there, um, uh, Tony, is we have to look towards imports. Right, I think the depending on the exact mode, it, up to, up to seventy percent of truckload goods are on a ship at some point um, uh, here in the United States that move via truckload. So it's very important to look towards those imports, um, and we've seen a pretty sharp decline. Now, if you do track imports today, you may you may have noticed that there hasn't been a big decline at the ports just yet, um, especially if you're looking at customs data. And a lot of that's due because you're you're having to wait to, for that. Uh, that freight to come across the ocean and go through ports. But um, we've got a data set here that really looks at the point of origin. So when things are being loaded on ships in China or India or Brazil or Germany or wherever it may be, that's then going to come to you. So you're looking almost, you know, two months in advance. Yeah, I mean, when you start looking Depending at... on where it's coming from. I was to say, yeah, when you start looking at transit times and some of these delays, right? I mean, mm. you start adding it up and it's five, six, seven weeks. And before it even gets to the port, right. then... When you look at customs data, that's stuff that's been offloaded. It's cleared the port, right? And it's ready to be moved, right? right? So you're, some of this stuff that we're even seeing in this volumes on the ocean side, like it may be at the port or on a vessel outside the port, right? But it's not clearing and being ready to move yeah. yet. So that's the important part is like what we're going to talk about here is that upstream look of customs data. I love it. Let's go ahead and throw up this import data here. I think... The, the, this is this is a perfect picture of really what the high frequency data inside of sonar does. So that big tr- dip that you're seeing there, the the blue line here represents ocean imports. It's the volume, right? So this is what's coming to the United States, right? Higher the blue line is, more goods are coming in. The lower the blue line is, the less is coming in. Good, it's coming in. And this is as of this morning, okay? So you're, that blue chart's over the last year. Where we are, where the blue line ends, right next to Tony there on the screen, is. Um, is, is today, right? So that's this morning. So that is essentially the volume index 
of what is being is what was loaded on ships this morning at foreign ports, so outside the United States, that is then going to begin its journey to the United States today. So again, depending on dwell times, transit times, wait times at ports, um, you know, it could take anywhere from 30 days, best case scenario, to you know, uh, up to 90 days, depending on you know if there's some transit port delays and all that, uh, depending on where it's coming from. So uh, before it ever shows up in customs data, um, but a good proxy is about 45 to 60 days. Yeah, and I mean, you start looking at this chart, and what yeah. you see is... When did that dip start there? Uh, it was right. Late I mean, May, we right? really saw April into May, the beginning of May. Yeah. We started to see this slowdown, right? Right. And then the back half of May into early June, we Paradise. really saw them kind of fall off a cliff. Mm. And I think Henry put it, import demand's falling off a cliff. Well, yeah. you look at this chart, and yeah, customs data tells you that, hey, it's not falling off a cliff. But you look at this, which is based on those actual volumes leaving ports overseas yeah. headed for the U.S. Well, they fell like 36% in a couple weeks. Right. So, I mean, that's where, are we going to say import demand as a total falls 36% at any given point? Maybe not just because of how customs data is cleared. Right. But are we going to see a slowdown in that customs data at some point? I mean, yes. I mean, Port of L.A., has it on their dashboard with the number of TEUs that they're expecting. And each week is being revised down. Each week, the number of TEUs. So, I mean, you are seeing the slowdown from the ports themselves. But meanwhile, they're trying to sit there and say, guess what? Hey, everything's great. There's going to be this wave of freight. And this chart itself kind of speaks to maybe no, not necessarily the case. It does, and, and and it's important to note that that's that's a daily index that we're looking yeah. at too. So, like you know, when you look from top to bottom there, that big dip. I mean, that's a thirty six percent decline. But you know, we we've seen a slight little bump since then, and now I think we're down about twenty seven percent or so from the peak. So it's it's important if you look if you if you're somebody prefers to look at a slightly longer period of time than a day, like say a month, right? Maybe the decline will be twenty percent or twenty five percent or whatever that number is. But on on a daily level. Um, from top to bottom, it, it, over the last 30 days, it, it's, it hit about uh, 36%. So it's pretty significant either way you look at it. Yeah, and I mean, it goes into what retailers and massive shippers have been saying, right? I mean, you look at Target reporting, hey, we're going to cancel order, cancel new orders, things like that. Yeah. They're starting to discount things because their inventory levels are so high. Samsung, canceling orders. I mean, Samsung's yeah. what, the seventh biggest importer in the country? I mean, they're pretty large. And anytime they're sitting there saying, we're canceling orders, well, you look at this TEU index, well, it's dropped significantly. If you looked at the number of shipments, it stayed pretty stable, which tells you the number of containers per shipment has declined. And guess what? Ultimately, that means to less freight volume, right? Right. I mean, shipments can do whatever they want. But if you have less containers per shipment, it's not a good thing. Right. And that's the important thing here is the the freight market revolves around one thing, physical goods. I was having that conversation the other day. Consumers can still be spending a lot of money in the market, but if they aren't spending it on physical goods, that doesn't help the freight market. Yeah, I mean, if you're having to spend more money on gas, takes out what you Such can. Such as, yeah, um, takes out what you can go spend on clothes. Or, yeah. I mean, and then you have to factor in that durable goods. I mean, what? Speaking of gas, I um I recently started. No, not that. You don't need to laugh about that. Well, well sometimes, but. The uh, I joined a new gym that is a little bit farther away from my house, so I'm going to have to start consuming a lot of gas. And now I probably put... I used to be able to fill up my car every two months, but now it looks like I have to fill up my car every seven weeks now. Jeez. 
I'm at like every three weeks. It's an extra mile to get to the gym. It used to be in one mile, now it's about 2.1 miles to get to the gym. So I fill up my car every three weeks. Every three weeks, yeah. Something like that, Mm -hmm. yeah. You should. But, I mean, that again, it goes into, I mean, that's one of the reasons you're going to see the consumer kind of slow down on this durable goods spending. Especially commuters. People have to commute a lot for work. Yeah, I mean, and the other factor is we stimulated a lot of this spending over the past two years, and that's now gone, right? And everything else is more expensive. And if you bought a refrigerator last year, you don't have to buy another one this year, right? So it's like things like that. You're going to see a slowdown because it got it, not inflated, but... I mean, stimulus played a huge impact in things like that. Yeah. Now, I want to. I want to. I want to be clear here. Let, let's. We're, we're going to look at because every mode, at least on the truckload side, so we've looked at imports. Right. Imports are are down. So, I um, mean, we've seen truckload volumes go down as well. Um, so now let's let's look towards um, uh, specific modes on the trucking side. Bring it back to that for a minute. Um, so we'll pull up our tender rejection uh, chart here, and we're going to see three different lines. Um, again, some folks may be familiar with this. That blue line is. Over the last year, as of this morning, the tender rejection percentage for vans are sitting at 7.92%. Uh, in orange, you've got uh, reefer, which is sitting at 9.1%. The, the right y-axis is percentage. And then the green line way up there is actually flatbed, sitting at 24.9% as of this morning. Flatbed's still holding up uh, quite a bit better than the rest. It's actually pretty much in line with where it was this time last year. It's come down off of its peak where it hit nearly 45% there in early March. So it's definitely come off uh, quite significantly, but still still fairly elevated. Again, right in line with where it was this time last year. Um, I want to talk about flatbed for a minute. We're going to talk more about reefer here in a second and where which parts of the country are actually causing that slight little uptick you see there, that orange line. But before we get there, Tony, you mentioned earlier you're keeping a, a close eye on housing. How does that and this flatbed chart that we're looking at here, how, how are those connected? I mean, if you think about housing and really housing starts and things like that, you've got, I mean, construction as a whole, right? Lumber, heavy equipment, uh, things like that. Guess what they all use? I mean, how do, how, if you've ever gone to a build site, how do they bring yeah. that kind of material in? You didn't always have to say it like that. Like, I've never been outside of my house, okay? Like, I know what a build site is, okay? Hold but, on, let me Google what a build site is. But, I mean, you're seeing it come in on flatbeds, right? Yeah. And that's... Yeah, yeah. And that's while we don't have flatbed volumes, but this kind of is a proxy for how the market's reacting, the flatbed right. market. The tightness of it, right? Yeah, and then you start looking at what's the lumber market doing. It's come down pretty significantly. Steel, down mm-hmm. pretty significantly. Housing starts started to trend down. Mortgage demand starting to trend down. Slow, like the housing sector as a whole is starting to slow. And what you're seeing in the flatbed So that's all like monthly and weekly data. Well, we're seeing this on a daily basis that kind of tells us, yeah, I mean, you're starting to see less activity. Got to look at that high frequency data. Got to look at it. Got to look at it. So um, so going back to talking about me for a second, um, when I was at the gym last week, um, or actually this week, I I I started CrossFit. I joined the cult. I joined the cult. Yeah, yeah. Um, I work from home, so I got to get out. I got to yeah. meet people, you know, it's, and, and it's exciting because I've been going to a gym for a while. But anyways, um, you know, I'm still trying to compete with the, you know, the seven-year-old girls there that are, you know, light years ahead of me. But um, it's, uh, 
you know, it's, it's funny, like when you go there, you start talking to a lot of different people and I've been able to meet some folks in different industries from like, you know, healthcare to construction to, um, met a couple of folks in the, in, in the energy industry and everybody's kind of talking about the same things. It's to, certain people are feeling, I think the slowdown, but others are not yet. And I, I think this chart represents that quite well. Like if you look at the refrigerator and the van, the van sector really started to dip first reefer started to dip, but then it took a nosedive down. And then flatbed's only just now beginning to dip. Not quite as hard as the others yet. Yeah. I mean, so I think it's, it's happening in stages, it seems. And that's how it worked on the way up, too. I mean, yeah. the flatbed market really didn't start to accelerate until early 2021, right? Where van and reefer, mm. those rejections started soaring in 2020. Yeah. And right like around this time, Look in September on the chart, where the green and blue line are together there at the first you know, section of the chart, and then and then they, they, they separate. They do a yeah. gator mouth, essentially. Yeah, I mean, you saw this decline in van rejections throughout throughout 2021, and, every, and this is how I thought of it, was contract rates, right? Contract rates, yeah. as they were being bid up, there was more incentive to stay in the contract market. Well, contract rates are still high. Well, the spot market mm-hmm. and volume levels declined rapidly there around March. Yeah. Rejections fell off. Guess what? Carriers that had contracts were more willing to stay under the contract because the rates were so good, but you're also having less demand. So it's this yeah. combination of the two things. And then, right, now you have the fuel impacts that especially larger carriers right. have. They have fuel surcharges that they charge on their contract rates that they can benefit from, whereas if they go into the spot market, it's an all-in rate, right? And it may not be enough to cover their fuel expense. So it's it's this give kind of give and take that the, that's going on in the market. What's yeah. interesting to me though, if you look back at the beginning of June, reefer rejections crossed over van rejections. Yeah, they would dip below for just a second. And it's, I don't think that's ever happened. Even back into 2019, it wasn't the case. I mean, van rejections were at like five percent, and reefer were still at that seven, eight, nine percent mm-hmm. range. We were sub seven or right at seven percent on the reefer yeah. side, which is crazy. That is unbelievable. Yeah, I think it's it's nice to see where what what all what's been the impact of the softening on the rate side. So let's go ahead and pull up our uh, we're going to pull up our national truckload index, and this is this is largely going to going to be looking at at van uh, stuff here. So th- these are daily spot rates. This is as of this morning again. It's a seven day moving average, but it's updated each morning. Um, so you're looking at this as of the last 24 hours. So 286 a mile. That's all in. Yeah, that's not without fuel. That's all in there, yeah. folks. Um, uh, line haul plus fuel. So, you know, sitting at 286, and like you said right there, right? I mean, you, we peaked just a hair under 360 a mile there right at the start of the year and then stair-stepped down for a couple of weeks and then fell Plummeted. off the cliff late I mean, March. Yeah, and I mean, I think the telling sign is this downward move we saw in June. Yeah. Like, typically, you'd see rates start to go up in June, especially there in the middle of the month. And yeah, they've gone up a couple cents, right? They've gone from like 284 to 286. But that's not enough to like make or break a month. And that, and this is where my concern post 4th of July is. If we weren't getting those increases now, I mean, you look in May, you had Blitz Week and then Memorial Day back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. That did put pressure on rates. Definitely. But we haven't seen that happen in now end of the second quarter and July 4th happening within what, the next five days, you would have thought we would have seen some significant upward movement. If you look at the daily, 
we've been in this just little range. We move up a few cents one day and we're down the exact same amount the next. And it's, yeah. it's just kind of this give and take and it's kind of showing, hey, shippers have uh, some pricing power for the first time. Well, not the first time. They've had it for a few months. But and about the first, you know, last couple months, in the last 24 months. Yeah. Uh, they've had a little bit. Well, well, here's the best part, though, about all this is like, you know, yeah, the market's in a downturn, but there's always an opportunity. If you're a carrier, there's always an opportunity. But if you're a shipper, there's always an area that might be exposed to some risk, right? And I think on the reefer side, I wanted to highlight that because even though it, it, it's seen the sharpest decline, there's been a little bit of an uptick lately, and we want to show where that is. So, you know, if you look here in just a second, we're going to pull up this this map, and this represents where reefer weekly tender rejections have have shifted. So, the blue represents the greatest increase in reefer tender rejections over the last week. Um, and then the red represents the greatest decrease in reefer tender rejection rates over the last week. And then the white areas there are unchanged. Um, so uh, nothing, no significant changes over the last week. So if you're, if you're a carrier, I mean, you got a little bit of opportunity there in southern Florida, but a lot uh, there in the southeast with Atlanta, Chattanooga, shout out to the home. Um, a little bit there in South Carolina, a lot up there, um, you know, a little bit west of Chicago there. You know, you think about Iowa uh, having quite a bit, a little bit in uh, southern Wisconsin as well. Um, so if you're, you're a truck, there are some areas that are heating up, you know, and there's also some areas that are cooling that you want to stay away from. Yeah. And I mean, it's important to look at this and also with volumes. And right. I mean, because if you look up there in Iowa, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, hey, it looks great on this chart, but if you put volumes up there, maybe it's not the best. Yeah. But you look at Atlanta right there. Atlanta looks great right At, now. Atlanta's got one of the highest reefer volumes mm-hmm. or amongst the top yeah. like five markets in terms of outbound reefer volume. That's a great market right now, right? I mean, rejections are up. Carry. Now, from a shipper's perspective, this might be, Atlanta might prove to be a little bit of a challenge this week, at least more challenging than it was last week. You might have slightly more exposure to the spot market than you did you might have to pay slightly higher rates on the spot market than you did last week. So um, definitely an area to watch, potentially try to get ahead and secure some capacity. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at Atlanta today and it'll be in the Daily Watch tomorrow talking about Atlanta and from, I looked at Atlanta to Memphis, right? Rate, yeah. Yeah, this is on the van side since the 23rd. So what is that, six days ago? Yep. Rates have gone up 15 cents a mile out of Atlanta. On wow. that lane. I mean, that's a big jump. I mean, it's that's a big a, jump. It, they're at 318, which is the highest they've been in the past six months. Yeah. It's what? It's 10% above the national average. Exactly. I mean, it, it's so you can find, as a carrier, you can find great lanes. You, can you just find gotta great know lanes. you have to use the data, like here, where we see rejections and what, where you kind of, this kind of a good indicator of where pricing power is shifting. Yes. It's this give and take. And you can see it on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis. You can see over the past week that pricing power has really gone into the carrier's hands. And they're like, hey, we're just going to reject more freight until you up our rates because they're able to get that on the spot market. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that, that, that's, the, that's really the beauty of the high-frequency data in Sonar. It's the ability to see when those shifts are happening. You know, it, if nothing else, I talk to probably more shippers than I do carriers, and it's for them, it's really a conversation play. It's like, you know, they don't mind paying a little bit more to a carrier when it's when it's justifiable. It's like, oh yeah, you have a little more power today. Well, I still need my freight moves, so here you go. Um, you know, they they just need to justify it to their boss, yeah, right, or to the executive team. But on the flip side, if things are softening, it's like I can't pay you more now. 
Yeah. Right. I don't have a reason to. So it's this. This. If you're a carrier, I would. This is something that I'm using with 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 my shipper customers. I'm like, listen, let's just let's just let's just make sure we're looking at the same thing here. We can have those conversations. No surprises. Yeah, it's a conversation that you can really. It's a way to show a why, right? A, yeah. a lot of the times, it's always what's your why. Well, yeah. this gives you that why in the palm of your hands, and it's. It's a really easy, I mean, relatively easy conversation. Look, rejections went up 600 basis points this week. It's going to cost more. So it's, it's, it's very, this give and take is, being able to see it in real time is so important, especially when the market is in such a volatile state, ever-changing. Yeah. So. Speaking of why, though, I, I think it's important for, for, for the viewers here to get a little clarity as to why I am your favorite person to be on camera with. You're gonna put me on the spot, huh? Yeah, you have 34 seconds till the show ends to answer the question. How am I supposed to do that? Uh, there's a lot to I say. I mean, there's a lot to say. You a lot of good things. You gotta compete with Donnie. Donnie's tough that to compete true. with. Donnie is tough to compete with. Um, sure. But it's been a pleasure. Anyways, folks, we hope you enjoyed the show today. We're running out of time. We could talk here all day if we wanted to, but. There are other shows that must go on. So stay tuned for more Freight Waves TV. We will see you next week live. Freight Waves with Sonar, 3.30 p.m. Have a fantastic 4th of July weekend. Take care.